0: Hey, it's Andy. Thanks for downloading this podcast. It's a good one. You're really going to like it. And you know, if you like good things, you should also check out the movie Deep Dive podcast that Mike Pusateri and I did on The Right Stuff. Now, what are you two pudknockers going to have, huh? And we are going to break down the 1983 classic, The Right Stuff. And now you're all like, that's great. You morons picked a movie that's... <laughs> Thirty-seven years old.
1: The movie—it was just so stylized in such a unique way that I had never seen. I can never recall seeing a film like that. Really, was how unique it was in their presentation of it and the filming, and that really drew me to that movie. And I think it still makes it really rewatchable. Yeah. I've probably seen it ten to fifteen times, and would watch it again this week. Hey, Ridley, you got any baby? Yeah, I think I got a stick. I love it some way. I'll pay you back later. Fair enough.
0: It's available now on the Pointless Exercise podcast feed wherever podcasts are sold for free. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise Podcast. It's the second podcast of the week, so it's time to remember this crap with Mike Donahue. And Mike, we have an exciting announcement. Um, a couple hmm. of people have joined the the Spotify podcast family. The Duke and Duchess of Sussex are going to have their own podcast. And people thought I was kidding. They're going to be joining us at the end of the podcast. Megan has some things she wants to talk about. So um, I hope we don't run out of time. Um, but I'm sure, right. we'll make, I'm sure we'll make time for them at, at the end. Um, so for those good, of you good. who, those of you, you, uh, and this ties in with the fact that if you, if you listen to the, um, the, uh, podcast yesterday that Mike Pusteri and I did, we had a whole Royal theme to that unbeknownst this, where we compared the McCaskies to the Windsors.
1: eerily similar. Yes. I listened to that and it was almost alarming, uh, yes. at the parallels yes.
0: <sighs> right down to the inbreeding. All of it. It's all the same. Uh, so who knew there was going to be be a thing? But anyway, so for those of you who might be new to the podcast, um, I'm Andy. Uh, I have a I have this podcast, and I also have a uh, a newsletter that you can subscribe to. It's free for now at pointlessexercise.com. And this is Mike. You can find him on the Twitters at at h u e c u b.
1: Sure. If you want to join my uh, other whopping 350 followers, as I argue with internet randos on the right wing and like all kinds of stupid stuff. Uh, sure, yeah, give me a so follow.
0: I, I think, I'm sure you've noticed, but um, our former Bear podcast co-host, uh, Kyle Morris, is back on the Twitters.
1: He, he's, he is back.
0: Picking fights with uh, people about Star Wars, which right. is, <laughs> uh, which I find very amusing. Um,
1: very also, so, he Kyle viciously
0: was- attacked me yesterday about Bobby Douglas for no reason.
1: Oh, I saw that exchange. Yes. Well, he was offended because he takes pride in his... I didn't assume his, he didn't know Bobby breath.
0: Douglas. I said, you'll love Bobby Douglas. And I actually put a highlight film Which of was Bobby pretty... Douglas
1: in the thing, and I got yelled at. It was pretty incredible, first of all, that highlight. And yes, you're right. Kyle's return has been about 98% Star Wars intensive, so <laughs> that's how I know that he's there. But I saw that exchange. But my takeaway was, um, and I knew Bobby Douglas was a, a running quarterback, but... Um, I'm, I don't know how long he would have played, but it, it was pretty fascinating to watch that clip that you provided. I'd never seen that. That's the most Bobby Douglas I've yeah. ever seen, I can honestly say. And um, it pretty impressive, actually. I, I don't know how long he would have played, but I, I would think that he would have been Trent Greened within uh, a few short years because, yeah. you know, he, he he ran for a lot of yards, and he was big, and he didn't slide. He took hits to the helmet. So,
0: so. One of my dad's favorite players until he uh, went to Green Bay <laughs> was a uh, former Notre Dame, uh, well, Notre Dame Heisman Trophy winner, Paul Horning. Paul Horning. And um, he, he always, he loved the fact though that um, when Lombardi came to the Packers, he told Horning, he said, you're a hell of a football player, but you are not a quarterback. And so they basically created like a position for Horning. He just ran around and did all kinds of crazy stuff. And dad always thought, that Hallis should have had the exact same conversation with Bobby Douglas. Uh-huh. He said, "You are you are you are a you're an incredible runner, but you mm-hmm. and you have this cannon arm, but you can't pass. You just yeah. unless the guys unless you think open receivers are in the fourth row of the stands, you're not doing us any good. So he should have just made a made a running back out of it." Nowadays, they probably would have T-boated him and made a tight end out of him. And in that highlight film, the thing I noticed yes. is how often his helmet comes off.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. There, there was a sequence, and that was like a three-minute clip. And you may have to repost it tonight for the benefit of all these listeners, but there or anyone else that follows you on Twitter. But there was about a – in that three-minute sequence, there was about – in the middle of it, like four out of six shots that they had was his helmet flying yeah, off. Yeah, and of it's, the little,
0: it's the little plastic helmet.
1: The one Basically bar-
0: – what people might not remember is that when we were kids, you could buy the helmets, and they were, they were replica helmets. But then you'd watch the game and go, my helmet's a lot like that one. This yeah. is a piece of crap, and they're wearing the same thing. Helmet technology has come a very
1: long way. No doubt. There's a reason all yeah. of those guys are, you know, drooling in a cup. That's a lot good. of them are. But, you know, it shows you, too, what role genetics plays, because look at Dick Butkus. Look at Ditka, for that matter. You know, there are guys that just pounded their head forever yeah. and, you know, they're fine. They're living to their 80s. So, yeah, there, there's a lot that goes into it, but certainly uh, getting pounded in the head repeatedly is probably the number one risk factor more than anything else.
0: Yeah, I assume Buckus uh, doesn't have any brain damage because <laughs> he just clubbed everyone with his forearm.
1: Well, and it just feels like his brain is just ensconced in the sort of yeah. concrete. Well, that, yeah, uh,
0: has, that skull is harder than any helmet that was ever created. So, oh, I got one more thing. I forget. I I got. Speaking of the twitters, uh, remember a few weeks ago I told I had an ethical dilemma. I talked about it on the podcast, and then the very next week I went to update everyone, and I forgot. And I had somebody go, "Hey, whatever happened with that?" Now I'm not going to go into the whole long torture story, except for the fact that I know I'm a grown man, but I have a PlayStation 4, and I'm not like scouring the interwebs for a five. I'm going to wait. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> well, at least we could say that for you. <laughs> um, it just, and it stopped working correctly. And um, I took it in to get it fixed. And serviced it. to get And um, I went. I called. They, t- they had it for a day. I called them. And um, they said, oh, yeah. He said, we figured out what it is. It needs a new power supply. It's going to cost about $100. Bucks. Um, we'll let you know when it's done. It's all right. I waited another day. I hadn't heard from them I went online, and it said it was done. But also said zero. I owed zero dollars. So I'm like, huh? So I went into the place, and they said, "Yeah, we got it." Lady was distracted by a million other things. Found the ticket. Went back. Hands me the thing, and uh-huh. says. And basically, like, shoes me out the door.
1: But you're saying on the internet, it also said zero, zero, yes. owed. But the you guy quoted me a hundred dollars, he said it's going to cost hundred dollars right,
0: right. for a new power
1: supply. Ah, okay. By the way, just for accuracy, I don't believe. I think this is the first time I'm hearing that you saw online that it was zero zero. Okay. But that yes, okay. But that well, I that didn't believe it. I thought lot.
0: all it was was it's ready. Come on in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You're gonna to have to pay when right. you get here. That's what I was assuming. So I told her. I said, No, I owe money. I need to pay for it. She's like, No, no, no. Go away. It's it's taken care of. It's, it was zero,
1: and, and as you said, she was swamped, and yes. yeah. So I brought Not it home,
0: gonna... decided I'm just going to make sure it works. If it doesn't work still, then I know how to fix it myself. And they told me what it is, and if it does work, then I'll call them and say, "Hey, I need to pay for this."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I um, turn it on, fired up, it works. Still to this day, it works just fine. And so I—that's uh, where the story ended. I was—it was the next day I was going to call. I called mm-hmm. them the next day, and. They put me on the phone with the guy who fixed it, mm-hmm. and he said, "Oh, he said when we op- when I open it up to change the power supply, I realized it just needed to, it, You know, the, the, they get dust and gunk in them, and your connection wasn't quite right. I cleaned it up. I plugged the thing in. It works fine."
1: So his original diagnosis was, was he was
0: wrong. thought he was going to have to put a new one in.
1: I got. He it. didn't have
0: to replace it. It was free. So now yeah. I feel like you know a very benevolent person because I was insisting on paying for this thing, and then I didn't have That's- to.
1: That's right. So that's my, right.
0: My ethics remain intact,
1: and and you got you gained a little piece of knowledge. Um, if it does, yeah, can clean help. that damn thing. So, all right, it up all the, the, clear. the universe is complete. Yes.
0: Now, people are like, "God, this is dope. <laughs>
1: what dope. a what a self congratulatory asshole." Yeah.
0: Well, they know that. I'm not. That's. I'm not. All right. So, question I have stuff. for The Bears are the six and seven Bears, tied for second place. They went from tied for last place to tied for second place. With How about that? Huge win over the overmatched Texans. They are playing the Vikings Yeah, this week. Um, and it it looked like it was going to be um, very important. A couple of weeks ago, had the Bears not blown that game against the Lions, they would have been tied with the Vikings for the last playoff spot in the NFC. They lost. the uh, And now that last spot belongs to the... Wait a minute. Is this right?
1: The Cardinals. This I'm, I'm guessing, right?
0: I believe you're correct that it's the Arizona Cardinals. Bears and Vikings are tied for that last man out the, spot. Right. The in the hunt
1: number. The number one in the hunt.
0: Bears need to win this game to try to wrestle the tiebreaker back away from the Vikings. I don't know that I'm going to need Cornacki to, to explain all the variations of the tiebreaker after because head to head will be one one, and then I'm sure it's, yes. it might be. I think it's conference record.
1: It doesn't go division, okay? Maybe it's division, then Divi- conference,
0: then whatever. But who knows? All we know is the Bears right. have to win this, so right? They can get into the playoffs. Just have a
1: chance, and if it's division, and Bears get beaten are beaten
0: by the yeah. by the Packers or the Saints. By right, points. right.
1: Which I heard your scenario, and it's very dismal to to consider yes. that even if they somehow scratch in, there's just no way they're going to do anything. Just but right there, heads in. um. Well, because so, especially because it would require them to beat the Packers once when the Packers were actually playing for something and then somehow do it again. And land- yeah, so it the only happen.
0: way this theory, the only way the theory works is the Packers don't, the Packers can't need the week 17.
1: win. Somehow the Saints lose another game. That's what or the Packers
0: have. lose, and they're like, screw it, we can't catch the Saints. And they fall out. Because right put, now they have the
1: same record, and the, and the Packers are only in by virtue of the right? tiebreaker. So the Packers,
0: okay. I'm sure right now, we are thinking we need to win out.
1: Yes, and they and, have in, a,
0: in another year, this it may not have been that important to the Packers, but this year they added the playoff team, which means the there's only one bye. Only okay. the top seed gets a bye. It used to be te- seeds one and two, and now nobody okay. has to play. I heard
1: you mention that. Now, just so you know... Uh, the Saints are playing the Chiefs this week, so there is a possibility that the Packers can, you know, can still have the number one sewn up and not need to win that game. Just pointing that right. out. As long and
0: yeah, right. So say they have a one-game lead, but they know they have the tiebreaker, then they can just uh, they can leave Rodgers. Rodgers can hang out in Appleton and uh, <laughs> not even come to the game, and then whatever Johnny Tryhard they have as their backup will. Throw for three eighty five. I don't even
1: want to know. I'm not even going to look it up because
0: their hotshot rookie, the Jordan Love, is that his name? The one they drafted and know. caused such okay. angst because they picked a quarterback in the first round is not oh. their is not their number two this year. He's their He's their Tyler Bray. He's there. Um, he's there. Oh, okay. Picker. Although that might be a game. That, it might be if if they don't need the win. Maybe that's remember Pat Mahomes played the last game of. The season for the Chiefs, Matt Nagy called plays for him, and that was like, okay, and then G- Alex Smith G- went right back. G- Alex, G- Smith G- went G- back. G- Alex Smith went back and played in the playoff game. They just rested Smith for a week and trotted yep. out the rookie. Maybe that'll be the same scenario, and the Bears are going to chase the, the Nevada Flash around the field. Before. Okay,
1: all right, I'll, uh, I'll work with that. But you know what's going to happen. The Bears are
0: going to lose this week to the Vikings. That's not going to matter. I'd rather they win it and just, just
1: drag it out. Right. I mean, they've already know. screwed
0: up their draft pick.
1: <laughs> right. They're going to pick outside the top ten. They might as well the, win the, five, the damn games. The, yeah. The 5 and one start rendered the draft moat, no matter what they did, even if they lost the next ten games. You know, five wins. I mean, you got, like, a winless team still in the league. Winless team and a one-win team. And the Jags, yeah.
0: Although, the, so you know, that's another exciting thing. Next week, we get to talk about the Jags. And...
1: Um, oh, okay, and
0: you know, so the Bears could, just... the Bears could be win number two, and you might even have Mike Glennon playing quarterback, oh, although he's been gosh. benched. Shocking, so that... I know he law lo- he already has lost the starting job again.
1: Oh, you got to be kidding me! Gardner Minshew was back. That would be something. Though, if the Bears do win, the Cardinals manage to lose against the Eagles. Not counting on that, um, and then the Bears just stumble against the Jaguars. I yep. mean, that that's that's almost how i see it going yes so well all right i guess they're technically in the hunt in spite of themselves that's that's coven for you
0: so uh, the question i want to start off this is because i thought i knew and i didn't know um what year do you think you started actually like re- realize recognizing who's on other teams
1: Oh, an interesting question. Well, I started myself, uh, and I've come circled back to this often. Um, 1979 is the first year I remember being a Bears fan. I do remember they played the cow. They won their first two games or something, or three games, and they played the Cowboys. And I knew like Roger. I knew of Roger Staubach and Tony Dorsett uh but you're right that's a, that's an interesting observation i don't know that i was really too preoccupied with players in the other team probably right. you know for a I year I think at
0: first two. you just like worry about you learn your own guys and then the other players are uh, there's some stars yeah. on other teams you know who they are but you right. don't really the know
1: cowboys you know of yeah i knew the dolphins too they put the dolphins 79 Larry zaka had come back and they still had greasy so, so, go so ahead.
0: i assumed that because i remember the bear games i first remember like in 1980 so I assume I'm like, I'm going to, um, the, the first Vikings that I remember are going to be on like the 81 Vikings. That seemed fair to me. And, uh, so I looked up who their leading rusher was in 1981. 19... I gave myself a year. I'm like, okay. 80s when I started, I'm, how about 81? And okay. my a, only
1: guesses would be Ted Brown and Sammy White.
0: Well, yeah, I don't remember Ted Brown at all. Okay, I don't. You could have. You could have hit me in the head with Ted Brown, and I wouldn't have known who he was.
1: He was pretty nondescript,
0: uh, you know. I he ran for a thousand yards in
1: 1981.
0: Wow. Okay, uh, but he averaged less than four yards a carry. He was a
1: fullback. Was he really? Well, that's how
0: pro football has him, pro football records has him listed as a fullback in both uh, eighty one.
1: Okay, so okay. Well, I mean the
0: the running back they have listed. Uh, oh, he didn't gain very many. That was it. Ted was their whole rushing offense. Uh, he ran for 1,000 yards. Nobody else ran for 200. Um, okay. Second leading rusher was Tony Galbraith. Oh, the former Saint. And then the th- third leading rusher was Ricky Young. And I have no idea no. who Ricky Young is.
1: I feel like there's been like a Ricky Young in the t- 40 years since then, like either in some other sport or something. But, yeah, there's no way I remember that Ricky Young.
0: But they did have a running back that I remembered. But not for the right reason. <laughs> well, Jarvis Redwine. Could... Played oh, three Jesus. games for him. And I remember Jarvis Redwine just because of his name. Yeah. Nothing to do with. I believe he went to Oklahoma, I think. Is that where Jarvis went?
1: I've, I, I'm going to confess I, I, I don't I picture recall. him in uh,
0: Nebraska. I knew he was red. Okay. He went to both Oregon State and Nebraska. He, he huh? I'm not going to say graduated. He left Nebraska to play in the
1: NFL. I have no recollection. What and that was what, eighty two? Eighty one. Also so he was still also tailing some figures in eighty one. Okay. It's... Um so so Ted Ted Brown actually, I wanna say played a few more years after eighty one or no? Oh I'm sure he did. He uh... Because um, I wanted to say Ted Brown was the guy that caught the pass on the goal line in the yeah, 1987 he uh, NFC championship game off of a uh, future Bears offensive coordinator, Wade Wilson, uh moment of silence. I think he died. I might be wrong. Um, so the, 80s, did, the 87 uh, uh, playoffs. playoffs. Yeah. Sorry. So yeah, 86, we did, we did. 86 was his last year. So that could have been. So that, all right. It was not, then it would not have been uh, uh, Ted, whatever his name was. Now oh, I've forgotten it. Oh no, yeah, right. Uh, He'd
0: only played in the playoffs in 1882.
1: Yeah. Okay. So he wasn't the guy that caught the pass at the goal line, which is one of the only uh uh playoff losses we didn't seem to cover the last time the Bears played. That wasn't the,
0: Darren uh, Nelson. I always thought that was that's Darren Nelson. It. Nice. Okay. Good call. Yeah. Did you just did you look that up? Or no, did you... I always I've just that's I've that's like my only Darren was, Nelson memory. Now I'm like, is that it was not absolutely
1: Darren. I don't know how I confused that with Ted Brown. Dude, I shaped um, the same
0: yeah yeah okay. Ted Brown Ted Brown played um how many seasons here
1: so you know Ted Brown would have I guess sort of been like the sort of emblem of the the Eight. Vikings on their on their downside right because in their glory years when they kept getting uh tub thumped in the Super Bowl Chuck Foreman was the running back right so you know they kind of they, they kind of went from Fran Tarkenton and Chuck Foreman to Tommy Kramer and Ted Brown so not a surprise, I guess, that those playoff appearances started becoming uh, a little well, bit rarer.
0: The The people I do remember on the 81 Vikings, I don't remember them from them, but I remember their quarterbacks. Um,
1: quarterbacks?
0: Backs. Quarterbacks.
1: More than one?
0: Yes, and they're the two that I think you'd think of, although there's a third.
1: Well, was Wade Wilson the backup going all, all the way back to 81?
0: That was Wade's rookie year. Okay, yeah, but he only played in three games. Steve Dills was the uh, was the backup, I suppose.
1: I, I I remember the name Steve Dills. He but, actually bounced around. But I the say. the
0: eighty one Vikings passed for four thousand five hundred sixty seven yards and twenty seven touchdowns, which in nineteen eighty one is like it's like having Mouse Davis call in here. <laughs>
1: That's a good point.
0: Guess who their offensive coordinator was? Uh
1: 1981
0: future the Bear, Viking
1: head coach. Oh yeah, the uh, the the perpetual the the perpetually scowling Jerry, Jerry Burns.
0: Jerry Burns. Jerry was it was Air <laughs> Jerry. So they had 2000-yard receivers, one of whom you've already named.
1: Uh one of whom I've, I've already named. Yes. We haven't mentioned Ahmad Rashad, but he might not have even been on the team. Ahmad by
0: then. was on the team, did not. Was he one, did not did not gain a thousand yards, but he had a good season, he gained eight hundred and eighty-four. Their leading wow. receiver was Sammy White.
1: I mentioned Sammy White because I thought he was a running back. So obviously, my memory is not perfect. Okay, Sammy, right number eighty-five. I want to say he was actually a pretty good receiver. I, I should have known better. I should have remembered him as a as a, a wideout.
0: The other thousand-yard receiver was a tight end.
1: He um, also led
0: the team in receptions with seventy-nine.
1: It wasn't future Bears meatball coach Mike Tice, right? That was before his time. Plus, oh, it, was not, more no, it, was, it was someone who could run. Was it, was it Joe Sensor? It was,
0: yes, it was. It was Joe Sensor.
1: I remember Joe Sensor. He was a pretty good player for a few years. He got 1,000 yards as a tight end in 1981. I mean, at that point, I want to say he could count on one hand. Uh, I know Mike Ditka and John Mackey would be two of them, probably Kellen Winslow. I don't think there were too many tight ends that had uh, accrued 1,000 yards in a season by 1981. I could be wrong. Because what the hell do I know? But um it's sensor, I, I do remember he was he was unique. He was pretty good for a couple of years. Yeah, seventy nine catches, a
0: thousand and four yards, and eight touchdowns. It was getting it done. He was a pro bowler. As was uh number twenty eight, Bobby Moore. Yep. Better known Former as Bobby Ahmad Moore. Rashad. Kids before he hosted NBA inside stuff and hung out uh-huh. with Michael Jordan all the time. Ahmad uh-huh. and before he married um
1: Felicia ayers Allen. Because that was her name when she was on the Cosby Show, Felicia Ayers Allen. Before she right? was Felicia Rashad. Yeah, Felicia Ayers Allen on the Cosby Show. It was a hyphenated last name: A Y E R S hyphen A L L E N. Do you remember? Do you remember where you were when Ahmad Rashad proposed to her live on national television right before a, a game?
0: Was it a Was it a Bears
1: game? No, I think it was a well. No, I think it was a Thanksgiving game. It would have been like, yeah, it could have been a Bears game because the Bears were actually quite the draw and on national television. Yeah. Uh, around 1985, 86 is when it happened. Uh, yeah, he was Ahmad Rashad was not a Hall of Fame receiver, but for a few years he was pretty brilliant. I think. I think he had a couple just outstanding years. He had a good year that uh, year. Eight hundred eighty-four yards, seven touchdowns. Okay. Um, but I think he may have only even played in one Super Bowl, if that. He might not, because you know, the, for all you youngsters out there, Steve Stone voice, you know, the Vikings went to three Super Bowls in the seventies, in four in like a ten-year period. But you know, really, the three of the seventies was like the same team. You know, they had Joe Cap as their quarterback when they lost the Chiefs in '69. Uh, um, but yeah, in in what '73, '74, and '76, they made the Super Bowl three out of or yeah, three out of four years. They got thumped every time, like I said. Yeah, Ahmad um,
0: would have but, only played in, in the seventy six Super Bowl. Yeah, he was, he was in Buffalo in seventy
1: four. Okay. Future NBC personalities hanging out in the hinterlands of upstate New York. So he was the
0: fourth overall pick in the draft by the really? Cardinals.
1: He went to Oregon State too, right? Or maybe just Oregon?
0: Oregon, yes.
1: He was a duck. Uh, fourth overall pick by the cardinals so how do you end up in buffalo
0: he played two years for the cardinals then he went to buffalo blew out his knee missed the 75 season and then played from 76 to 82 for the vikings where he had his best
1: did he ever was he drafted as bobby moore or did he convert to islam in college uh i don't know i wonder all right i mean we don't have to look that one up i was just kind of wondering out loud So two years. So four. So fourth round pick. That's all. That's very uh, Cade McNownish. He was, he was cut loose after two years after being a top four pick. So he was actually quite a bust at one point in his life. I did not know that.
0: They don't have, they don't have a transactions thing on here.
1: Oh, uh, submitted his name change to the notary, or I was
0: looking for that. I was looking to see how he got, why he left, if he got traded.
1: Oh right oh. I, I've noticed that with Pro Football Reference, they don't quite have the robustness yes. of um, you know deep data dives that Baseball Reference he does. He played in four Pro Bowls. He um,
0: okay. he's the hundred. And, he has the hundred and sixty fifth most catches in NFL history. One
1: hundred fifty six. Yes, and the
0: one hundred fifty second most receiving yards. Yeah. And okay. Finished in the top t- top ten twice in receiving yards. He had a thousand yards in a season. Twice, and then eighty four. That eighty one Vikings was his last good year.
1: It had to be 80, the end of the line 80, at that yeah. point. Eighty
0: two, he only played in seven games, and then he was done.
1: Well, that was a strike shortened season, so he only missed two. Then most teams played nine. Oh, that's right. games game yep. in eighty two. So that was it for I don't know. Bobby Moore. And okay, huh? Yeah, kind of like he kind of had like a cachet when I was growing up in the like he was kind of done, but he was very popular. It was one of those things where you, you kind of learn later on he wasn't as great as you kind of thought he was. He was really he was a really good player, but I think it was, just, it was more where his personality kind of uh, overshadowed his actual. You know what I mean? I mean he, he had a sort of presence that you kind of felt he was great. Maybe because you compare him to two other uh, Muslims who changed their name that were like all time greats in Luell Cinder and Cassius Clay changing you know to Kareem Abdul Jabbar and Muhammad Ali. Uh, I would not. Put Ahmad Rashad in that class, but he was a very fine player uh, for for a while.
0: So, who do you think led the eighty one Vikings in punt returns?
1: (laughs) Would I do? I stand any chance of knowing this? Yes, I would think you would. Um. Yeah. I mean, is it anybody we've already mentioned? We have not. Uh, A Vikings. Did he play for the Bears at one point? Uh, He didn't play for the Bears. But his brother did, Eddie Payton. Eddie Got Payton, it. yes. <laughs> yeah. Eddie Payton.
0: Eddie uh, also returned. Oh, he returned, a kick return, 99 yards that year. So
1: there you go. He was, yeah, that's, that's right. I remember when Eddie Payton was around. It was like a nice little novelty. I, he, I think I want to say Eddie Payton also played for the Lions. So he played with a couple of NFC, um, well, we called him the NFC Central back then. But Um that's right he was mostly just a specialist though yeah eddie, I remember played having
0: for, eddie played for the browns the lions the chiefs and the vikings
1: and, and i've mentioned this on an earlier podcast but just like where uh tommy and hank aaron owned the all-time home run record for yeah, yeah. brother brothers I'm, I'm fairly confident that eddie and walter payton share the all-time uh nfl record for combined rushing yards by brothers
0: uh, yeah, Eddie had um, in in a five year career. Eddie had twenty eight more rushing yards than you and I did. <laughs> Ran that's, the ball six times for twenty eight yards. It's pretty good average four point seven well, yards per carry.
1: Wait, over five years? Yes. So one one carry a year? Pretty much. He. Uh, it's like a Christmas bonus, Eddie. Here's your carry. <laughs> He averaged 5.6 yards a year. Yes. Yeah, and four of those came in his
0: first season. Then he did got, he also go, He got a couple go to of Jackson? token handoffs in 1980 for the Vikings. Okay. And, uh, that was it. Yeah, he
1: returned kick, so he earned a living. He still earned a living a little bit running back. Kick. Yeah, he returned um, – how many? Did he go to Jackson State too? Uh, I'm just curious now. if he did. Yes, I don't he know if did. He ever,
0: okay. He did. Yeah. Um, Eddie and Walter Payton. He was undrafted. And okay. so two of his relatives played in the NFL.
1: Was Freddie Solomon a relative? Was I remember, like, or Eddie Patton. Like, I remember, like, hearing... Well,
0: Walter and Jared Payton would be his two relatives.
1: Right, no, but, thing. like, when I was a kid, this might this might join the list of things like, you know, Ali Haji Sheik scalping tickets, and I forget the other one that I I could not corroborate on the internet. But I remember hearing around the time in the early days that, like, there was a running back for San Francisco whose last name was Patton. I got confused with that. He's Solomon. Forget that. And that supposedly he was, like, a cousin of Patton's. I remember thinking, no, 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 his name is Patton. You don't understand. Uh, But there was, like, there was some familial connection that went beyond the immediate family. I remember something like that. So well, I, I mean, if he was complete. if he was
0: Irish, you would you would chalk it up to uh, them get them being unable to decipher his ancestors' accent at Ellis Island. That's it. Um, but it's, <laughs> it takes a much darker turn, so we're not even going to go there. Um, but actually, right. I have there's something like that in our family. So um, one side of my dad's family, uh, their last name is Canucan. Okay, K E N C U A N E. They have never been able to find any Kanukans in Ireland, even though they came from Ireland.
1: K- K-U-N, spell it in, K-U-N-C-U... K-E-N-U-C-A-N-E. Uh-huh. Yeah, unusual Irish now, okay, right, right. They
0: are a thousand percent sure that their name was Fanucan.
1: And Which when would you, mean... And
0: when you got off the boat at Ellis Island, you whatever they wrote down, that became your name. Yes. you didn't want to get sent back.
1: But I, I'm not even familiar with Fanucan. But that's an Irish name, apparently.
0: Yes. And relatively. Okay.
1: So, okay. So some of the, the
0: uh, we'll ask Harry about it at the end of the podcast.
1: Well, uh, and just so you know, I did a quick uh, cursory Google search. Ricky Patton was the Forty Nineers' leading rusher by yards in nineteen eighty one. He spent his teenage years in Flint, Michigan, then went to Jackson State, where his distant relative Walter Payton had starred before himself. Yes, right. That's what a distant relative, but I mean, that's kind of lame. It's not cousin. It, I'll 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 drop it. But I feel at least somewhat validated that that was making the rounds back then. But yeah, almost similar to the canoeke and maybe Payton Patton.
0: Yes, because Finucane would- is, is spelled F-I-N-U-C-A-N-E, so it's really just the two, the first two letters that are different. Uh huh. So that's what they think.
1: Uh, ah,
0: but anyway, I'm sure people now are not really fascinated by.
1: Sure. Well, maybe they want the conversation to resume to famous brothers, where one was awesome and one uh, not so much. Yeah, like Ozzy and Jose Canseco. There's another one. See, because I think ultimately you get like a rare specimen of like a great player. How about like uh, Joe DiMaggio? Now Dom DiMaggio was a great center fielder defensively, I guess, but there was also a Vince DiMaggio, who was sucked. So, but I think you know, you're a scout, and like there's the the one guy that's a sure thing, and he's got a brother. That brother's going to get a long look. It doesn't matter, you know, how skilled he is. So,
0: okay, so if 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 you're trying to figure this out, you take a couple of former Cubs, uh, Jerry and Scott Hairston. Which one would actually qualify as the good one? And then. The more apt one, of course, would be Corey and Eric Patterson.
1: Right. Now, Jerry and Scott Hairston, their brothers, their dad was also a player, though. I had to get that straight, right? Yes. Because I can hardly. Jerry Seager,
0: former White Sox pinch-hitting star, who played for current White Sox manager. Tony Tony La Russa,
1: Russa. and who also got a uh, nine-year-old Huey sent to his bedroom when he walked into uh, his dad listening to the game because we would not pay money for sports vision, but my dad would still listen to the white Sox games to hear them lose in case anyone's curious about, you know, um, where he was, I, he was hate. He was hate listening. <laughs> was hate listening. And I walk in, I'm like, Hey dad, what's going on in the game? He's like, ah oh, socks are down a couple runs in the ninth inning. It's two outs. This game's over and he just glares at me and as he's glaring at me, I hear I don't know if it's early win or who's doing the broadcast on the radio. Harrison swings and hits a long and he, said, <laughs> but just, he just, glares, just sticks out his arm. Like, Go to your room. I actually literally got sent to my room for by Jake. Jerry Harrison Sr. Because of Jerry Harrison Sr. I uh which one played for the Cubs? Uh the of the kids? Was it Jerry Jr. Jerry right?
0: Jr. got traded for Sammy Sosa.
1: Jerry Jr. got saved right for a game over from Baltimore. So actually Jerry Jr. got traded for Sammy, as did Harold Baines, who played with Jerry Harrison Sr. I want to kind of keep that straight, yep, man. Yeah. And Scott Harrison, I remember he was a national league player. He played for the Diamondbacks. Okay. So <laughs> two me, two mediocre brothers, but that's not unusual either. I mean, oh I mean, there was the Ken Ford Ken and Bob Force, but each of them threw a no-hitter. Uh there are the Negroes, one's a Hall of famer, one was a very good pitcher won two hundred games so I mean there's I guess there's a whole uh you know a whole tapestry of you know uh good good bad bad, good bad, great, awful, legendary. I guess you're gonna get a look because your brother's legendary, so yeah,
0: so all right, for bonus points, there were two prospects that the Cubs got in the Jerry Harrison for Sammy Sosa trade. Can you name one of them? Because the other one, I I can't name one. The Cubs got? They got two prospects and Jerry Harrison Jr. And the one prospect was far more productive as a Cub, you know.
1: Okay. um,
0: Than Jerry Harrison Jr. was. Uh, Not a great player, but a productive, uh,
1: a useful player. Uh, After Leo Gomez. Um... God, Leo Gomez. Well, that was 96. He was just a free agent. He was there to just bolster Steve Buschel. Um yeah. That was 96. Uh, you know, I'm I, I'm feeling the pressure of the time constraints because I don't want this to drag on. I know I know this, and it's just not going to come to me. He's so half good.
0: of the Cajun connection. Oh, Fontenot. Mike Fontenot ended up being the best player the Cubs got in that trade, which is pretty sad. Wow. wow. Mike Fontenot and David Cruthers.
1: Okay, C-A-R-O. C-A-R-O-U-T-H-E-R-S. No way. Correct? C-R-O-U. I'm Jose. All right. All right. Yeah.
0: All right. I vaguely remember. So.
1: Well, good. I'm glad we covered that.
0: In our first Vikings podcast, we talked about uh, many of their uh, ignominious exits from the playoffs, all of which are so very entertaining. <laughs> but, so to cram for this podcast, I watched... Dave Winslett's finest moment as a Bears head coach. The 1994 wild card round playoff game in the Metrodome where he became we we decided, right, only the third bear coach ever still to win a road playoff. game.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: George Hallis, that's Mike third. Ditka, Dave Wanstead.
1: And that's it. That's it. That's There's pretty your Mount pretty Rockmore.
0: sad. Uh okay, now actually the truth is I didn't watch the whole game. I watched the highlights. That were on, but I feel like I watched the whole game because Chris Berman was uh, going on them, and it's an
1: eternity, right? Those those especially for a playoff game that was you saw a condensed game really, pretty much.
0: Yeah, it's like six minutes long.
1: Um, you know the lead up to that game. All right, let's dive into the '94 Bears, even though it, you know it, it does. Um, uh, it does validate wants that whatever we're Bears fans we're happy when they went and, and we were still in the glow. Like we hadn't quite, you know, I think it took us a few years after Ditka to really realize how underperforming they ultimately were. We were used to them making the playoffs every year, even though there was, you know, it, it ended up in disappointment and wants second season. He went seven and nine in his first year. Um, they got off to kind of a rough start and they played the Vikings in Warren moon. Who's at the end of his career, but was still very productive. Uh, they got blown out, like, in a warm-weather, early-season game at Soldier Field. And it was it just felt, like, like really bad. I haven't felt this bad since Neil Armstrong was the coach. But the, they kind of rallied, and they ended up having a good season. And then they played the Vikings on a Thursday night game in uh, Minnesota, and they battled. And it was a much different game, and they were like – you know how like, you talk about, like, a team started turning a corner, like – Cubs and the Cardinals, for example, in 2014-15, where Cardinals are still thumping them, and then slowly the Cubs just start getting on their level before they blow by them. It was the kind of,
0: it was the whole, the Jorge Soler game.
1: Right. Well, that was the start. I mean, there was right, an actual that was, moment in that 2014 season
0: where Jorge hits right. like his second home run of the game and Len Casper dearly departed. Cubs That's right. Yeah. says, get better get to used to him. And man, yeah, didn't and, really and have to get was, used to but him. Even, but really but even idea. after the,
1: but even after that, there was a progression because the Cubs suffered a couple of heartbreaking losses, including one time when Johnny Peralta hit a lead-changing go-ahead homer off a stroke in the basket. Yeah, that was the... You know, they, that's the they mag- still had a... That's the Yachty
0: screaming at the umpire while the ball was in play.
1: That's it. That's right. They almost shoved it up Yachty's ass in that game yep. for acting like a horse. But even incrementally the Cubs got there. And that's kind of how that's the analogy that I would put for that Bears team, because they got blown out. They didn't deserve to be on the same field uh in September. They go up to the dome on a national town, they, they, they battled, but then what happened in overtime was that Walt Steve Walsh got picked off and the guy ran it into the house, ran it to the house for the win, but it's like, oh, they're that much closer. So by the third time they played the Vikings, you kinda had a feeling and sure enough, um, you know, and we're going to, you know, cause you, you sort of uh, revisited this game, but uh, I memory serves pretty clearly here that they sort of blew the doors off the Vikings in that game.
0: Uh, You only know, won 35, 18. They scored late on a Kevin Minifield. Um, that's a, good number, it a, either a good fumble number. or a punt or a interception return.
1: Good um, you're right.
0: And the, the bears played the Vikings in week three that year. At, at beautiful Soldiers Field and got beat 42-14. to 14. There it is. Um, that, the Bears were 1-2. and two. Then they beat the Jets the next week. They beat the Bills. They beat the Saints.
1: Chris Gedney had a big catch in that Bills game.
0: Went into the bye week, then lost back-to-back games to the Lions and Packers. Now they're 4-4. Four and four. Their season is teetering on the brink, and they roll off 1, 2, 3, 4 wins in a row.
1: Yep, before the Raiders game and Kevin Butler couldn't make a field goal. Well,
0: they beat the Bucks? And the Dolphins—they swept. They went to they went to Florida, and they swept the Bucks and Dolphins on the road.
1: How about that? Then they beat
0: the Lions at home. Then they beat the Cardinals in overtime.
1: Oh, that was Buddy Ryan, the head coach. Jeff Graham had a huge catch late in that game. Then
0: they went to then, then they went to Minnesota and lost in overtime. That's the Thursday night game. They lost in overtime, right? Then, with the playoffs, you know, firmly in their grasp, they lost forty to three to the Packers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ. And that was the second time that year. Beat the, the Rams. The, then, and then the Patriots they then lost the last into the game playoffs. Of the year. Yes, they lost to the Patriots. Drew Bledsoe and the, and the New England Patriots, yeah. Um, it's Bill Parcells and the
0: New England Patriots.
1: That's right. It would have been. That's that was their right. Super Bowl year, right? Uh, no, that was 96, two years later. No. In 90, right, 94, 94. Uh, the great Stan Humphreys led the Chargers to the Super right. Bowl.
0: Right. So the Bears... Went 9-7, backed into the playoffs, went off to mm-hmm. Minnesota where people gave them no shot. They got stuck in the – although they gave them the – they were the, the afternoon game on Sunday. So CBS was apparently – or Fox it was, like, was apparently it was New Year's excited.
1: Day. It was, it was New Year's Day, though, so there could have been some weird schedule right, going was. on. New Year's Day. New Year's felt, so, yeah, New they, Year's were, felt. they were
0: crammed in around bowl games. Yeah, exactly. But not on Fox. They would have been the whole show on Fox. And that it was Fox's was the first, first year. Yeah, it was the first year, yep. Yeah, you could tell by the Fox box on the highlights because it's just that little skinny white outline thing in the corner. Much I am less...
1: going to be looking this game up when we're done tonight because now I'm intrigued. Because the Fox box really was – when Fox started doing the NFL in 94, it had been CBS and NBC. Fox takes it, and that was – frankly, that was a pioneering – that was an innovation, that box, right? And Dick Ebersole People... at
0: NBC, who they had the AFC package. Dick was pissed because – uh, he's like, well, if you give, if you this is this is a TV execs thing. If you let the fans know what the score oh, is all the time, right? They're gonna tune away if it's a blowout. It's like, yes, make it inconvenient for your fans to know what's
1: going on in the game. I mean, Jeff Joniak would have been
0: Dick Ebersol's favorite announcer of all time.
1: Eyeballs must be glued. Uh, by the way, the full game is on YouTube if you really want to. Like, not even do the. I have just noticed that, but. I mean, who the hell would do that? Give me yeah. that. Give me well, that. Raymond
0: Harris. That's who would do that.
1: Yeah. Because Raymond had a big game. The right? ultra back
0: would. Um, he's watched that game. If it, if there's 40,000 hits on that video, Raymond has seen it 36,000 times.
1: The ultra back. He was a rookie. I yes. think. Yes, no? he was.
0: In yeah. And so, okay. So um, the Bears turned the ball over on their first two possessions. Meaning that they had turned the ball over three consecutive possessions to the Vikings,
1: nice <laughs> one That's that had right.
0: lost them yeah. the previous game, and the Vikings drove down and scored a touchdown on the first possession, only to have it called back because their center, Jeff Christie, got called for holding. He held a bare defensive lineman that you should be you should be fined and suspended if you have to blo- if you have to hold this guy to block him. Who do you <sighs> think he got called for holding on the touchdown? 19- run?
1: Oh, I bet you it was a Chris Zorich. It was Chris Zorich.
0: Yeah. Call it back. The Bear defense bowed up and and held the Vikings to a flawed Reves field goal. And that was all the scoring in the first quarter. Okay.
1: Oh, Chris Zorich.
0: They turned it over the second time on a an interception that Steve Walsh. Now, you've seen plays where the quarterback has thrown a ball. Oh, oh, famous, it's, it's happened famously in Bears history. Uh, against the Bears where the quarterback hits somebody in the head with the ball and then it it skitters off.
1: Yeah, well, their shoulder pad, I think, if you're referring to Marino or Hampton.
0: Yeah, to Nat Moore. Either way.
1: Uh, Yes, I believe you're correct. So this was
0: Steve Walsh was standing maybe three feet away from Jay Leuenberg and somehow hit him in the helmet with the pass, which then was intercepted by the Vikings. So it looked, for all intents and purposes, like the Bears were about yeah. to go down 10 0. They were going to get blown out. Yep. But the defense held again. Bears went down the field and scored on a one yard touchdown run by the great Lewis Tillman.
1: Oh, yeah. Lewis Tillman. <laughs> the, uh, the
0: great free agent the po- signing. The the post
1: Neil the post Neil Anderson running back, and I just remember like my whole image of Lewis Tillman. That may have been his second season, or no? Did he come in with in '93? I might be wrong, but my whole image was just this: it was just Lewis Tillman just plowing into the line for two yards. Like it seemed like every play that was the Lewis Tillman play. They hand the ball off to Lewis Tillman, and he runs right into the ass uh, of the guard, and. That's the end of that play. That um, was
0: Lewis's first season. With
1: the oh, Bears. because the Craig Hayward experience didn't work out the year before. Yeah,
0: it was his only, his only good season in the NFL, and good.
1: It wasn't Ooh. even that good. What was his yards per carry though? It was, it was I, terrible. I
0: his okay, so actually his his one good season was the was his free agent year with the Giants. Um, they didn't use him a lot, but he he ran for 585 yards. He averaged almost five yards a carry. Uh huh. He comes signs a contract with the Bears, where they give him the ball 275 times. <laughs> he gains 899 yards. That's an average of 3.3 3 yards 3. 3. per attempt. Wow. That is so unacceptable. He should not have gotten more than 10 carries. But he got 265 more.
1: Wow. 3.3. 3. You're not even at a first down after three carries.
0: Now, Lewis Tillman, speed-wise, would make uh, David Montgomery look like Tariq Cohen. He was plodding, which is why. And he had a huge game, though, in this one. 11 carries for 19 yards and a touchdown. (laughs) He didn't average less than two yards a carry.
1: 1.7. Yeah, if you round it up, it's two. Let's be fair. The Bears didn't do a whole lot
0: of running in the game. But Raymond, the ultra back, uh, 13 for 67 yards and a touchdown. So he did have a productive game. And he caught three more passes for 20 yards. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. So the the uh, interesting thing about uh, Raymond gave himself a nickname, which is what you always like.
1: Oh, he gave himself a nickname? He pulled a Costanza? Yeah.
0: He called himself he the ultra himself
1: back. He gave himself that? Okay. I, not, I never knew that.
0: In his mind, he was the perfect hybrid between a fullback and a halfback. He could do everything, he was the ultra back. He was it's, such a good fullback that in this game, when the Bears needed a fullback, who do you think played
1: fullback? Uh, Zorich. I'm Jim kidding. Flanagan. Oh, he was on the team. I was going to say Flanagan, and yeah. I didn't think he was on the team. All right. Yeah, because Flanagan actually caught a touchdown the next week in San Francisco. Never mind. Yeah, he and then, right. then there was a game that happened
0: in Denver that we'd all like. We to talked tend- about
1: that, yes. Andy. I'm tr- still triggered. Yes, that's one that of the not, worst. That- Oh, that was ninety six. That was ninety six. All right. So Flanagan, yeah, because if that was already messing with that ninety four, um, so yeah, if he was such a good fullback, why are you handing it to that? Yes, if you're not the, even if that you're the large. ultra back. Why are we lining
0: up a lineman, a defensive lineman yep. in front of you, who played linebacker at Notre Dame? But anyway, um, <laughs> Bears then score again. The great Keith Jennings man with one of the largest heads in the history of the nfl and
1: just nostrils i think you could snort a whole eight ball of cocaine and one sniff if you looked at
0: it just did you, are you did you leave the room or did your microphone turn off oh your microphone <laughs> is pointed at the top of your head there you go
1: my bad so you missed you know, that team. wouldn't
0: happen to a mod no we could hear it we could just barely hear it it sounded like you had because maybe because stuck your head I... into a bucket
1: I was running away because I didn't want Keith Jennings to beat my ass for implying that he did a whole yes. bunch of blows. For those of you at so. home,
0: I was looking at the stats. I could barely hear Mike. I flip over to where I can see him, and <laughs> the microphone on his headset is pointing straight up.
1: Yeah. 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 And there's the guy that's made fun of Harry Carey all through yes. the years.
0: All right. So the Bears are up 14 to 3. Now the Bears are going to blow the game out, but you can't keep the great Warren Moon down that long. Uh, he rounds out the scoring in the first half with a four yard pass to Chris Carter.
1: Who the guy who only catches only touchdowns? Catches touchdowns. Thank you, buddy Ryan.
0: Now the Bears had serious problems containing one player on the Vikings in this game, and it's ridiculous who it was. Do you have any idea who caught thirteen pa- or caught eleven passes for one hundred and fifty-nine yards in this game?
1: Vikings receiver, nineteen ninety-four, and it wasn't Chris Carter.
0: No, Chris Carter. Uh, hey, Carter had a good game, eight for 61. Okay. But um, tell, me
1: it was, tell me it was Mike Tice. I, I, it was I not Mike know.
0: Tice. It, he, this guy was, I guess he played wide receiver for the Vikings. He was a running back for the Niners. Went to Florida State. Has a ridiculous first name.
1: Or Dunn?
0: No, no. No, he didn't play for the Vikings, I don't think, ever. No, I but know. Especially not then. He would have been buying houses for people in Tampa. Amp Lee. Oh, Amp Lee. Amp Lee went nuts in this game. Um, best thing he did for the Bears, he lost a fumble. But 11 catches for 159 yards and a touchdown. And he's all over the highlights. Other um, <laughs> other Vikings of note in this game. Uh, this is pre-Randy Moss, of course. But Jake yep. Reed.
1: Three, oh, yeah, tight end. 39. Tight end Reed, Andrew yeah.
0: Jordan, 4 for 35. Yeah.
1: Well, they also had a Steve Jordan, who was actually a really good tight end. Andrew Jordan wasn't as good. Oh, that's right. Maybe he wasn't even... Yeah, I, he might not have been... Yeah, I think the we missile. Might not remember. Not the
0: Rocket. The missile. Kadri Cadre, Cadre Ismail. Yep, yeah. 3 for 29. Steve Jordan. Oh, there he is right there. Steve Jordan oh, was still wow. on the team. 2 okay. for 16. Okay. David Palmer, 1 for 11. And Robert Smith uh,
1: ran once for no yards. Robert Smith... Was their running back of the 90s, right? Why was he hurt? Was he. didn't Robert Smith from Ohio State, right? Uh, he did. For whatever reason, he didn't
0: play much that year. He only rushed 31 yards, 31 times for 106 yards. The next it's year, eight. 90. He was. Uh,
1: At the beginning or end of his career, I guess is my question. It was the
0: very beginning. He didn't really play a lot until his third year with the Vikings. And then his best years, and you know, he only played, he retired after the 2000 season. He, well, he,
1: he's a brilliant guy. He's actually yes. a really smart guy, I think. He so his, he, he,
0: his first four seasons, he rushed for a grand total of about 1,800 yards total. But in 97, he ran for 1,266, 98, 1187, yep, yep. 99, 1,015. And in 2000, he ran for 1,521
1: yards. Jesus, interesting. And retired. He retired after that season. Yes, that was it. After getting after getting blown out forty-one nothing in the NFC title game, so he actually played in two title games for the Vikings. He was sort of their era's uh, Ted Brown, I suppose. Yeah, but I don't know if it was um,
0: him and Dennis Green didn't get along. I don't know. He didn't play much the first few Green seasons. Was the he coach was not a high draft pick. pick, and he may have actually. And I'm just now. I'm really talking on my ass. He may have gotten hurt at Ohio State. That might have been why he was such a low, okay. maybe that's
1: why he was kind of a, like an investment. But Green was definitely the coach in 94. Burns was gone by then. And and Green coached them through 98 and 2000. So if they did have issues, they reconciled because Green was there a while. And it I says say.
0: despite, it talks about what a productive career he had, despite being hampered by a rash of injuries early in his career. So that's probably interesting.
1: Okay. So pr- and it probably started in college, like you said, I bet.
0: You know. well, I don't know. It could have just been that they drafted him. Although he got drafted.
1: I'm surprised the Bears didn't pick. draft him if he was getting hurt in college, because yeah. that was the uh was the coach. Well, I mean
0: Oh, well, that's what I want to talk about with Wanstead. Might as well do it now. It's half technically it's halftime, right?
1: Uh um, right, yeah. Bears are winning what? What's the score at halftime? 14 10. Okay. Close game.
0: Um So there was kind of a So Wani was brought in with huge fanfare. This was a huge deal. This was Mike McCaskey sealing the deal. This was, um, Uh this is not, let's see, I don't know the good equivalent of it. It's not.
1: He was the hot name. Yeah. This is not,
0: this is not a Tom Ricketts getting Theo.
1: No, no. Or Theo
0: getting Joe Madden. It's a, it's a layer behind below that. But for the bears, this was a huge deal because the giants and the bears both needed a head coach. And everyone was um, sure, okay. right? everyone was sure yeah. that the Giants were going to get Wani. And, and uh, Jimmy Johnson kind of steered him.
1: Out of the division.
0: The, yes, he wanted him get out of the
1: By the way, the Redskins were also looking for a coach because Joe Gibbs retired after the 92 season. And I, I only remember that because, and this actually shows you how hard the Mac, Michael McCaskey was trying to make the big call because Richie Pettibone, who is a member oh, of the yes. 1963 bears uh, all-time interception leader until Gary Fensick, I want to say uh, eclipsed him. He was the longtime defensive coordinator for Gibbs and he was due for a head coach. He was older, but the he was the sentimental favorite I know in Chicago because we're a bunch of meatballs and every fan faces yep. meatballs, but that guy got Richie Pada Um, and Wansdatt, of course, was also the defensive coordinator of the of Washington's rival Dallas. Yes. And, um, and and bear in mind, Dallas had just won the Super Bowl. Washington had won it the year before. They were good. and the Giants had won it the year before that. So three straight years, the NFC Central took turns and, and took turns and just beat the shit out of the Bills. So, but Wansdatt, you're right, was absolutely the top choice. The Reeves, uh, the Giants ended up going with Dan Reeves, right? Yeah, because this was replacing was that-
0: Ray Handley.
1: Right, right, not yes. Parcells. Right, because Hanley replaced Parcells, and he was a disaster. Um, so, so yeah, Parcells steps down, and Gibbs steps down, and Jimmy can't hold on to his staff. So it just so happens that yeah, these guys well, are available. then
0: eventually Norv would leave to go to the. That's Reds another kids. one.
1: A year later, I think. Yeah. So
0: Jimmy gave Wani a brilliant piece of advice that screwed the Bears, and it was it was a he's like get out of the nfc east cuz i'm just going to beat your brains in cuz i'm jimmy jones um and i don't want to coach i don't want to coach against you all the time he could tell how desperate the bears were and he said get control tell them that you will go there if you get full control of player personnel you're going to you're going to make the draft picks
1: which was basically the unique situation Jimmy was in because yes. he had a direct line to the owner Jerry Jones, yep. and so and it didn't. didn't so the Bears that. thinking,
0: "Well, Jimmy can do it. Look how good he is. I'm sure. I'm sure Wani right. has learned."
1: And, and just to bring it back to the Vikings, which was largely in part to the Herschel Walker trade, but still, Jimmy was in charge of personnel, and so Wani
0: was a disaster. As can I? Can I can a can interject?
1: Because you've complained, and I've complained, and last year Kyle complained, and Mike complained. We all do, justifiably, all the airtime Wani gets. I swear to God, I heard this in my car like two weeks ago. This is very relevant to what you're talking about, we'll, we'll resume. That was brought up, or that wasn't brought up, but that went revisionist, and he claimed that when he took the job, I... I was I was taking the job as the coach because Bill Tobin was still uh, director of player personnel. Like he totally sort of stepped away from that. But no, I mean, was that true? Because I remember, like how you just described, they it, made a big Wans deal out of it as the, the signing. Key.
0: I still remember the stupid. I was at Northern and I remember seeing the Tribune the next day from the press conference with the stupid Mike McCaskey and Wani handshake in and the, and the trench they, coats. And they made a huge deal out of the. Yeah, I don't think Mike had anything on under his um. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> They made a huge deal out of the fact that Wani had final say over the roster. Now, I, I think Wani is parsing, he's splitting hairs. Because, Correct, because
1: Tobin was not gotten rid of. Right.
0: but Wani got to basically call who they were going to pick, and then he got to make the final cuts. He yeah. got to overrule anybody on who he kept. And this is what really pissed me off about Dave Wanstead, was that a few years ago, during one of his you know appearances on The Score, Uh-huh. He talked about how ah that was a mistake. I I uh, you know I, I probably shouldn't have done that. you think you think it was a mistake? Yeah. You were a you were terrible at it. Um, and I well I he think he'd he never gave, even
1: been a head coach. No, he right? had he no. It was the any sheer level. desperation of the McCaskies. That's what it is because Jimmy Johnson at least was a head coach, man, at a national at a national college. He, you know at University of Miami. Just a pitch up program. And yeah, so he stepped into wow. that with Jones. I mean, and he did benefit from the Herschel yeah. Walker I mean, trade. Jimmy is a, a blueprint.
0: Jimmy's an ass, but he was a uniquely, he had some very unique talents. And one of them he, he brought to him from college, which was at both Oklahoma State and Miami. Jimmy knew what he wanted in players, and he would go out and get those players mm-hmm. to fit his system perfectly. And so when he went to the Cowboys, he still had that idea in mind, which was, these are the guys, these are the kind of guys I need for my system. Wani had always just been holding Jimmy's coattails and being handed players mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Jimmy had figured out would work in the, in the, in the system. Totally and so Wani experience. had no expertise at actually figuring out who those guys were. I'm sure he yep. probably thinks he did because he'd sit in a room scouting tape with Jimmy, but he Jimmy a he'd be removed. like, you know, that guy's good. And I like, Oh yeah, that guy's good. That's not the same. <laughs> right.
1: Agreeing not, with dude, Jimmy Johnson excellent. is not the right. same. That's not picking the same, same as evaluation. Picks. Right. Oh man. Yeah. So, but, but for uh, but a long I time,
0: I, and I was one of them, I always felt like, okay, well Dave wasn't that bad a coach, but he screwed himself because of the roster. Well, he disproved that when he went to Miami and he had more success in Miami than he did with the Bears. But he always butted heads with the dumb – like, Ricky Williams hated him. Ricky wanted to, like, shove him in a garbage can. Then he went off to – then he took over and he went to Pitt. To, and he just yeah. – you could just tell he just wasn't a very good football coach. He wasn't a bad – right. he was – and it's even hard to tell. At the time, I thought, well, the thing we know is he's a great defensive coordinator. But we don't know that. We because don't. he was defense coordinator for Jimmy Johnson. It's like it's like all these coordinators that came out of the Parcell or out of the Belichick tree. Then from Parcells to Belichick,
1: uh-huh.
0: and other than just a rare my few, Vrabel. Brian Flores right. at Miami my, and Vrabel and, my, and Mike Vrabel, yeah, they've all been disasters because uh-huh. they haven't. They didn't actually make any of the final decisions during games.
1: Yeah, that's what it is. Simply put, they didn't have the same experience right. that the coach had, which was kind of the, the pivotal experience that made them successful. Yes. They, they were, were step removed.
0: They were, uh, they were genius adjacent. That doesn't make yeah. them geniuses.
1: Right, right, right. So that, what did that- Wanstead What did Wansett do at halftime of the '94 or New Year's Day '95 wild card game? That because they had a 14 to 10 lead, they blew them out. So, um,
0: yeah. So the, in the third quarter, Raymont scores on a 29 yard run, puts the Bears up 21 to nine.
1: Then all the right. Vikings make it
0: 21-12 when Floyd Reves kicks a 48 yard uh-huh. field goal. So it's 21 it's it, it, pretty close.
1: And by the way Floyd Reves has been mentioned before. I like to think that if we could go through and name check all of the weird sounding kickers, we've got we have we've, we've name checked quite a few of them. That's because the I love
0: <laughs> kickers with weird names. It's one yes. of my and favorite things in the we've
1: covered a veritable shitload of I them. I so. I brought
0: up Ivan Shaman for no reason other than I wanted to say von Shaman.
1: No, I brought him up because you had mentioned Rolf Bernerska. No. Well, I, I, I repeated von Shaman just
0: because I wanted to say the name von Cham, which I've now said oh. four
1: times. That's right. You baited it. Yeah, me.
0: Rolf Bernerska. Well, Rolf, though. I mean, Rolf could have his own podcast with the Colossomy Bag and Wheel of Fortune and all that's that right. stuff. I mean, <laughs> that's the Wikipedia entry for Rolf is just.
1: Um, I'm going is back to
0: it. Just, uh, it's just. It's. San Diego Chargers kicker, Colossomy bag, wheel it, of fortune. That's all it says. That's it. That's all you need.
1: But but Fouad Reves, he was the, the, uh, a Dolphins kicker, right? He may have been in the '85 game, the only game the Bears lost. He may have been a rookie or something that year, but he was still around in '94. And he, you know, sorry, so he makes the game close with a with a kick. One thing I have
0: to dig up is about this time, Saturday Night Live did a skit. Where they had all of the kickers singing a song, and one of them—it yep. may have been flawed. One of them, his only line in the whole thing was to was to say it was to sing "No Green Bay, No Green Bay" and act like he was shivering.
1: <laughs> I, I always I remember think of that.
0: that. I think it, I think it was flawed, flawed.
1: It's it could be any number. I mean, think about it. Donald <laughs> League with BK we have mentioned him. That's another weird name.
0: Okay, so um, twenty-one twelve. Steve Walsh having the game of his life mm-hmm. f- hooks up with Jeff Graham. Love Jeff Graham, and it's the the highlights are are glorious. He's indoors, and yet Jeff has the you know the Bears are wearing all white, and Jeff has the has the long sleeve white shirt under his and the That's white cool. gloves. He's just it's he looks like it's eight degrees <laughs> in the dome. Uh,
1: maybe the roof had collapsed and we just didn't have privy to it he
0: catches a 21 yard touchdown and the vikings are like all right screw this this is serious we got less four minutes to go we're getting back in this game they march down the field and the great amp lee scores on an 11 yard touchdown pass from moon they it makes it 28 18 the vikings go for two and if they get it they're only gonna be one score behind but it fails Okay. But they get the ball back, and they're driving again. Now, some of the drama is taken out of this by the fact that they're down by 10. They need two scores still. But they're bringing the ball down the field on the Bears, and that's when Kevin Minifield, I think it was an amply fumble. Kevin Minifield scoops it up and goes 48 yards, giving the Bears, the rarest of all things for them, a road playoff win.
1: Woohoo! Yep. Um, I remember watching that game. I was at a party in DeKalb. Um, I graduated, but I was still, you know, figuring things out, living up there, nursing a world-class hangover, of course, cause it was new year's day and, uh, yeah, it was glorious. Um, I don't remember Kevin Minifield. I want to say we're number 31. Um, but yeah, it was, that was interesting. I mean, they brought in Eric Kramer that year to be the big quarterback, you know, the Lions signed Scott Mitchell, the Bears signed Eric Kramer, Kramer gets hurt. Walsh takes him to the playoffs and um and that's that was pretty much it. Kramer came back next year, had a historic individual season, at least by bare standards.
0: So that was the year he threw for three thousand yards and they had two thousand yard receivers, right?
1: Graham and Conway. Curtis yeah. Conway
0: and Jeff Graham, yeah.
1: And but they brought along Michael Timpson. They couldn't wait to get rid of Graham. They did and then try to elevate Bobby Ingram into the Timpson spot and eventually the whole thing spun out of control. But I enjoyed this trip down Wanstat Lane. So
0: the uh the, the good feelings lasted um
1: six I mean, days. They did not they did not belong on the same field. Six
0: days and but the Bears had a three nothing lead they? in the game against against San Francisco. Here's what happened after the three nothing lead. William Floyd two yard <laughs> touchdown. Brent Jones eight yard touchdown catch. William Floyd four yard touchdown. Doug Bryan thirty six yard field goal. Steve Young six yard touchdown 30-3. run. William Floyd one yard touchdown rush. Thirty eight to three. Thirty seven to three. Then 37-3. Jim Flanagan, two yard touchdown to. pass from Eric Kramer. Oh. Bears went for okay. It's thirty seven to nine in the third yep. quarter. What do you do? You go for two.
1: And you can't find this in the box score, uh, but there's – if you can find the YouTube video of this game where I think somebody dropped – I think it was on that two-point conversion they mossed it, and then Sean Gale just went up and just laid into a 49er just knocked him down out of frustration. He drew a penalty, of course, but I want to say it was on the failed two-point conversion.
0: Was it – who did he hit? Was it – it wasn't Jerry Rice, was it?
1: No, no, God, no. That would be much more memorable. It was just some dude. He just kind of he took a cheap shot. I mean, they, they were getting their asses. Something like JJ Stokes afternoon.
0: would have been a good guy to hit like that.
1: JJ Stokes would have been a rookie out of a UCLA that year because he would have played against Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl the year before. Um, yeah, he was a buster. So um, I know we're probably over time, but I wanted oh, to it was quickly. Steve Young. No, wait. Oh, yeah, it was Young. It was Young because, well, and credit to Young, he got up. He got right back up after he, he crossed the goal line. Yeah. And then and Gale delivered a yeah. cheap shot. And to Young's credit, he bounced right back up and spiked the ball in yeah. Gale's face. That's right. That's what, that's what it was. So, yeah, it wasn't Rice, but it was still, you know, 49er royalty. Uh, but there were no long-lasting repercussions because so, Young got up. and So, you the know,
0: the Gamer and the Tribune was is co-written here by Terry Armour and Paul Sullivan.
1: Moment of silence for Terry Armour.
0: And so they talk about the, So then things got ugly. Several 49ers, including Jerry Rice, went after Gale. Members of the Bears defense joined in. The brawl <laughs> lasted several minutes in the corner of the end zone before order was restored. Nobody was tossed in the game. And then this is dripping Paul Sullivan. It was the only fight the Bears had in them as a surprise <laughs> season came to an end. <laughs> God bless the Biscuits jockey. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, since we're done with the Vikings, we did not talk about this last time. I want to just quickly uh, flash forward nine years. 2003, Peanut Tillman's rookie year. Number one, I was at this game at Soldier Field where the Vikings were in uh, field goal range to put the game into overtime in the fourth quarter. Decided to go for the win, and that was when rookie Charles Peanut, and should be Hall of Famer at some point, Charles Peanut Tillman, wrestled the ball away from from um, confirmed Hall of Famer Randy Moss, Moss, Randy which was just great. It was it was sort of one of the early seeds of the Bears sort of turning the corner. Jeron was their coach that year. They didn't have Lovey yet. But Tillman, as a rookie, wasn't afraid to go muscle to muscle with, with Moss and pick the pass off when uh, Minnesota, displaying an inordinate amount of hubris, decided to go for the victory rather than settle for overtime. But it got even better for the Vikings. Now, that game, in effect, knocked them out. But in the last game of the season, the Vikings were playing, and otherwise, because we've talked about all the bone-crushing. Oh yeah, we, we talked about 1987. We uh, we talked about uh, 1998. We even mentioned the blowout in 2000. We mentioned the Saints' loss in in, in 2009, and we even referenced when they got blown out by um, by the Eagles a couple of years ago, which wasn't a heartbreaker. But there was a game in here that was not a playoff game, but it did knock them out of the playoffs, and a disinterested. Cardinals team with future Bear quarterback uh, Josh McCown, I want to say. They were, they were done. The Cardinals are not playing for anything. Vikings need to win to go to the playoffs, and Arizona in the last play of the game in Week 17 convert a 50-yard uh, Hail Mary uh, to, to to go home, which is what they would have done out anyway, uh, but also to knock the Vikings out of the playoffs in all three. But I also like to give credit to Charles Stillman because that had an indirect effect on that as well. So, for the record, your honor, hmm. I want to enter that. You remember that game?
0: Yes, just I another do.
1: just another one, just another one in the long history.
0: Didn't the Cardinals also eliminate the Vikings on cuz this isn't the same game, is it? Somebody made a ridiculous catch in the very back of the end zone?
1: Yeah, it's probably it, right? I
0: don't remember it being a like a bomb, but I remember um
1: I know it was 2000. It was the very last
0: game, last play of the game. And it got reviewed. Maybe it wasn't a 50 yarder.
1: That's, yeah. Maybe it wasn't a 50 yarder. It was a ridiculous catch for sure. Um, week seventeen, two thousand three. So it was week seventeen. You can find the Berman highlights. It's four and a half minutes. I I can't just find a a clip. Oh, there's a twenty six second clip. So all right, they're at the twenty eight. Oh yeah, right. Nate it wasn't Poole. it wasn't a true Hail Mary. And it was. You're right, they were was losing, Josh McCown. They were losing seventeen to twelve. Yep. So they could not settle for a field goal. McNaughton gets flushed out, throws it. You're right. Yeah, good memory, dude. Back of the sort of the back of the well, end I was just, the, I was thinking held the Vikings.
0: I let both things happen to him. But no, it's just. One
1: i mean i know we've had our our heartache and we sit here and we rehash it you and mike rehash it also uh but dan just to get knocked out in week 17 to a team that's not even needing to win on a play like that uh injected into my veins that's just yeah that was 17 years ago. And, and Josh McCown, if I remember correctly, is still on an NFL roster this year.
0: Yeah, he had to give up a job coaching high school football. Or no. Actually, I think. Yeah, I think he gave it up this time. He. Uh,
1: that's a shame. Two receivers left and right. McCown yeah, takes the snap. So I'm he's glad I just up. entered that He's all by himself. Fires into the end game. zone. That's, that's, that's like the same as getting- Touchdown! that, ushered out of the playoffs, no! so just humiliating, heartbreaking. No! The
0: Cardinals have knocked no, no, the Vikings no. out of the
1: playoffs! All right,
0: so for people who don't know this, so I just played the Paul Allen call of... Brett Favre? No, of that play to Manate Poole. Oh, that play. You, Brett, you can't Paul hear but it, was, it'll, but people will have heard That's of great. it at home.
1: Because I always think of Paul Allen's call on Favre's interception. It's very you, similar. He... You're going to the Super Bowl, brother! You can't be doing that. Something like that.
0: This one, he uh, he calls the play, and he's like to the end zone. And then there's this pool is laying on the grass, and the and the refs are looking at each other. And then they finally say, "He just yells, no!
1: no. He's the in the, the Rock Vikings Santa have been knocked out of the playoffs.' He's Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> I can't wait to listen to that because I will be. That's fantastic. Oh my god, man! All right, so well, that's uh, another that's another fun one. I'm going to miss the Vikings.
0: Yeah, so we've got well, all we have left now is we just have Jags Jacksonville and Packers.
1: Yeah, I mean, and we'll talk about it. But to this day, the very first thing I think of with Bears Jaguars, Keith Trailer, yes, absolutely. So yeah, let's, let's remember, have fun
0: with that. Uh, I was putting up I was putting up my Christmas tree, watching the game at Dick Enberg. No, you must me. have been.
1: You must have been taking down the Christmas tree. I, mean, I was taking down the Christmas tree. It, it was January because it's 11th.
0: I just put it up, and, and that's also the game of course. I,
1: I don't want to ruin the material the next week. We'll gladly revisit it. But that is the game in which Bonnie Bernstein delivered one of the all-time NFL oh, sound yes, bites yes. because Dick Stockton was doing the game, hey, and dicks. Dick Geron was the coach of the Bears. Yep. And when she threw it back to Dick at the halftime interview, she just just mindlessly uttered, "Wow, two dicks." So. <laughs> Eh,
0: we're having a Bonnie. Maybe we can have Bonnie on.
1: I'll Let's try to goals. get her on. I'll make some Yeah, questions. yeah. We should do that. We should have some some of these guests on the show. Let's find Bob Parsons, yeah. see if he wants to join us. Yeah, we we'll make sure. obscure enough I'm sure he's, a, I'm sure he's available. He might be, you know, much right.
0: brain. Um Harry, Megan, sorry we ran out of time. But maybe oh, maybe yeah. next week? Yeah, we can all right. Yeah. Hey, Megan wanna talk about Mick Tinglehoff, but we don't have time. So we're gonna have to
1: Well, time. I heard they're big Jags fans, so they'll they'll be sure to tune in. Yeah, I'm sure they're huge
0: I would, they have to be uh, I have to ask them what their favorite Canadian football league team is right aren't they aren't they in exile in Canada
1: is oh that might be right I yeah so. sporting some Argonaut wear yeah.
0: all right well until next week then
1: all right I look forward to it.
0: I can't find the damn window.
1: Many of us have herpes.